Jim Harbaugh came to town, confused everybody, left, confused everybody some more, and now it appears the Vikings have actually landed on a head coach. Let's talk about the hiring process. The result of the hiring process was somebody who's had to go through a lot of hiring processes. That's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, and now the host of Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider here at TalkNorth.com. So, Jeff, I thought the same thing that Jim Harbaugh did, which is, if he's flying to Minnesota on National Signing Day, the job's probably his if he wants it, and it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that everybody doesn't hate each other. Instead, he comes in, and it appears that at some point during the hiring process, he realizes, oh, I'm not necessarily the guy. I better go kiss up with Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is a weird dude. We know that. Uh, but I, I'm kind of shocked by the way he handled this. Yeah, I think the whole thing was was kind of strange. And and I thought in the beginning, Jim, it was a power play on his part to get a better deal out of Michigan when when he took a pay cut from there during the pandemic. And and then, of course, had the big successful season when they made it to the college football playoff. And and so I wasn't really expecting that he was going to get the job. And then all of a sudden he's interviewing and has said no to Miami and so, but even even during that whole time, I, I kind of felt that he was still using the Vikings to get a better deal at Michigan. And then we start hearing the reports, well, maybe the job was never offered, and maybe perhaps Kevin O'Connell was their guy all along. It's just, it was a strange process, and I guess over time, we'll probably find out the true story, but maybe not. <laughs> and so... It, it is it is strange. I thought the Harbaugh potential hiring was really a fascinating story and could have been the biggest name hire in, in the whole process with the eight teams that were looking for head coaches. And then in the final analysis, of course, it unravels. And, and now they're still going to go offense, which apparently they're going to go offense if indeed they get O'Connell done after the Super Bowl, which I thought was a good thing. I, I think that it's a it's an offensive oriented league. The Vikings have a lot of skill on offense, and I thought he could take them potentially to the next level where Kevin Stefanski was starting to in the playoff season of 2019. And so I th- I think in the final analysis it could be good, but again you're hiring a guy who's never been a head coach, has never called plays, and even at the Rams, Sean McVay is the play caller. There is some connection with with O'Connell, with Kirk Cousins back in, in 2017 and in his last year in Washington. He was his quarterback coach. That's a good thing. There's familiarity there because I, I, I do feel like Cousins is going to stay for at least one more year. They're going to figure out a way to keep him for one more year, and especially with O'Connell, who knows him. And and he is coming from the McVay-Shanahan tree, which is I think there are a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of potential positives there. It's fascinating because uh, Harbaugh, listen, he was a home run coach. I mean, he came into a bad 49er situation, took him, took Alex Smith to two NFC championship games, which they almost won. Then he switches to Colin Kaepernick in the middle of the next season. And with Kaepernick as an inexperienced quarterback, comes in within one play of winning a Super Bowl against a great defense. 
I, I think it would have been a home run hire if you were getting that version of Harbaugh, which you never know. The O'Connell is is really the opposite. As you said, he's incredibly young. I think he's 36. Uh, you know, only been an offense coordinator for a couple of years now. Uh, works under an offensive head coach. But we do have to say this. The Sean McVay coaching tree, uh, as small and young as it is, has been remarkable. McVay is going to his second Super Bowl uh, by the age of 36 as a head coach. Uh, he's going with two different quarterbacks. He produced Matt LaFleur, who's won 13 games for three straight Packer teams at a young age. Uh, he, he produced Brandon Saley, who almost went to the playoffs with the Chargers. And he also, and and uh, I, I'm absolutely blanking. There's, oh, and Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor is part of his coaching tree. And Zach Taylor is going to be coaching against Sean McVay in the Super Bowl with the team that looked like it was lost, you know, just eight, nine months ago. So, you know, I'm not, I, I understand the qualms, you know, he, O'Connell has to prove himself, but man, it, that group has done wonders in this league. Yeah, you're definitely right about all that. And I think the exciting thing to me too, is that having worked under McVay, and connections, as you said, with, with Taylor, LaFleur, that whole offensive tree, I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to know how to get the ball to the playmakers, <laughs> such as Justin Jefferson, such as Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and, and potentially other, other big, big play guys on the offense. And just as they have done in L.A. with Cooper Cup, and OBJ, who had a big game in the conference championship game against the 49ers and is making a bigger impact every week, it seems. Robert Woods, before he got hurt, of course, was a big play guy and got the ball a lot, and, and he'd be the tight end. So, And they know how to run the ball that uh, with Cam Akers and, and the other guys they've got on offense. So I think that those are all positive things. And as I said, the connection with Cousins and – perhaps maybe keeping a lot of the offense in place for a team that has had what six different offensive coordinators in the last six, seven years, I don't, whatever it is, it's crazy. And so I think those are positives from that standpoint with, with O'Connell. But again, he's very young. He'll, he'll have a lot of energy, a lot of fresh ideas. And those are all good. I, I hope that they bring in some help for him with, with some seasoned coaches on, on offense, and we'll see how that shakes out. But I, I do think it's a potentially exciting hire. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a complete mystery. I, I will say that uh, it feels like the Wilfs and Quezio Adolfo Mensa uh, were very thorough, came up with a lot of interesting names, interviewed a lot of different people from different backgrounds. Uh, and listen, they, they probably know more than we do at this point, if you trust them. Uh, you know, it's 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 just it's a really interesting hire because of his connection to Quezzi and his connection to Cousins. And what we don't know is whether O'Connell, you know, came away from his time with Cousins thinking, boy, this could be my guy, or whether he came away thinking, boy, I hope I don't get stuck with this guy ever again. <laughs> That's well, we'll we'll never know that, but because <laughs> Kirk, Kirk will never tell us that. But but yeah, I think that. That connectivity with the GM is really important. And Adolfo Mensa, knowing O'Connell, having been with him in the past, I think those are all positives, too. 
in this process. And, and it's pretty obvious that's what they're looking for because Adolfo Mensa also had a, a connection with Harbaugh. And, and so from, from their time in San Francisco together. So very, very interesting how it's all playing out. I still wonder what happened to Byron Leftwich, what happened to Eric Bieniemy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. and and the, and the league as a whole has to be wondering the league office uh, about the lack of minority head coaches again being a, a major issue during this hiring process. Let's get into that more and some other candidates who were really interesting. We'll also talk about the Super Bowl. We've got a couple of weeks to talk about that. Uh, I do want to thank our producer Brian Burdett. Let you know that you can always listen to the shows by going to talknorth.com, but we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, see all the shows as they are released, and information about our live shows. Thanks to our sponsors, Platinum Bank and White Bear Lake Superstore. Also, uh, hey, we tell you about our sports lineup all the time. We have Cheryl Reeve, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, uh, Roy Smalley, Lavelle, Emil III, John Millay. Uh, we also have great outdoor content, Minnesota Bound, The Flush, Reverend Hunter, uh, Destination, Destination Polaris, Federal Season, just tons of great outdoor content as well. Thanks to everyone who has listened to TalkNorth.com and helped us grow. So let's get into what Brian Flores did. Brian, Brian Flores went on CBS the other day and then on uh, Get Up on ESPN and said, you know, he's filing a class action lawsuit about the way that black candidates are treated in the NFL as we speak here today. One of the 32 coaches in the NFL is black. Uh, the, the playing base is about 70% black, and obviously there are a lot of qualified black assistant coaches. Uh, you, hey, you've been in the league. You've been in these meetings. Uh, what do you make of this, and how do you think the NFL will react? Yeah, I, I think that it's, it's a difficult situation because obviously they've changed the Rooney rule. They've tried to make make more black candidates interview and certainly certainly a lot of finalists this year we came down to the wire with, with black candidates including the vikings with raheem morris and todd bowles and uh, D'Amico ryan's before he opted out to opted to stay in san francisco and so it's just strange and as i said i think about a guy like byron leftwich who certainly seems just as qualified or more than Kevin O'Connell, perhaps. And Bruce Arians talking him up as the guy, the only guy he trusts to call plays in, in Tampa Bay. And although he won't be calling plays for Tom Brady anymore. So, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's just very strange how this process has worked and, and how it just hasn't come to fruition for so many very qualified black candidates. And they're just going to have to keep pushing hard. And We'll see what happens in the future, but but this particular hiring cycle, just very strange. Yeah, and I really think that Jim Caldwell should have been a better candidate if he still has his heart in it. Uh, you look at his record, uh, really, he's only had one bad year as a head coach is when Peyton Manning went out before the start of a season with a neck injury, couldn't play at all, and was still on the salary cap. Uh, I think his record's something like 60 and 34 or something uh, in seasons other than that. He went you know, he's eight games over 500 in Detroit where nobody goes over 500. Uh, you know, listen, we, you never know. Maybe maybe there's some personality tick, maybe something else. But, man, he is so qualified. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And as you said, just having that success in Detroit is should be a big boon on your resume. And, and so it's just very strange uh, what's happened with, with Jim Caldwell. Although, again, the trend for younger coaches, and he's an older coach at this point, 
but he certainly has a lot of, a lot of backing from guys like Tony Dungy and, and so forth. It's, it's just really, as I said, a bizarre process, how it all works, how it all happens. And ultimately what it often comes down to is who the GM connects with. And in, in this case, the Vikings hire a black general manager. And so the connection that he felt the strongest on apparently was with, with Kevin O'Connell. And that's the way that one's turning out. Yeah. And, and I have trouble putting the Vikings in the same boat as a lot of other teams, including, uh, well, well, a lot of, let's say a lot of the other teams, because, you know, the Wilfs did employ Kevin Warren at the highest levels of their organization. He was the highest ranking black executive on the, uh, on the business side in the NFL when he was there. And he springboarded off that into becoming big 10 commissioner. They did hire a young, inexperienced black general manager. So it's obviously their intentions are not bad. It's just that eventually somebody's got to hire a black coach or you don't fix the problem. That's right. And so I think the league will continue to push it hard and it just has to be the right place, right, right time for people. And what we do know is there are a lot of very qualified candidates. And, and I think that that's what this hiring cycle also showed. It's just, they did not get the jobs in the final analysis. And, but there are still, I guess, a couple more openings, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still possible. There are still a bunch, a handful of openings, really. Hey, what did you think of, uh, well, actually, let's get to Sean Payton and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, kind of uh, their passive aggressive sparring here. But first, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always very excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection, with their super friendly premium team. Check out their great, great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll see a fantastic selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 2021 and 2022 Buick SUV, including the stylish Encore GX, a 0% APR up to 72 months offer, plus $250 purchase allowance for current Buick or GMC owners or lessees and 0% APR on most 21 and 22 GMC models, including the Sierra 1500 Crew Cab, the Acadia and the Terrain with purchase allowances. And reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They're a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And we'd like to thank one of our newer sponsors at TalkNorth.com, Platinum Bank. Yeah, Platinum Bank, fantastic bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities execs to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I'm a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Market President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. 
So let's start here. Sean Payton uh, decides to retire. What do you make of that? And do you expect, do you think he's taking a break? Do you think he's saving himself up for his next job? Do you think he's uh, sincere about wanting to be a broadcaster? What do you read into it? I think he's heading to Dallas in about 12 months. <laughs> I think he'll, I think he's going to take a year off. And, but then I think he'll, he'll get the itch again. And, and I, he probably hasn't lost the itch. I think he just wants to make a change and had a very difficult year in New Orleans and, and with the transition from Drew Brees and the quarterback issues. And now he, he can potentially move to Dallas where Jerry Jones loves him and Jerry Jones not so much in love with Mike McCarthy. And unless McCarthy has a Super Bowl year next year, I expect Sean Payton to be the next coach there. And what do you make of Brady and Belichick? It's, you know, I, I will give uh, the Get Up crew a lot of credit. They've handled the Flores news and interviews and perspective very well. They also had a lot of fun with the Brady Belichick thing. Brady puts out like an eight page Instagram letter, not even mentioning the Patriots, not fans, not ownership, not Belichick. And then uh, Belichick puts out like something basically, you know, saying praising Brady but in doing so the first sentence is about how he drafted Brady and basically you know this is a rags riches story that wouldn't have happened the implication is unless unless Belichick had drafted him and Brady comes back with like a three heart emoji I mean it this is like uh this this reminds me a lot of high school yeah it's it's interesting how, how that's all kind of translated and playing out in the media and so forth and and, and Brady did come back and say, thank you, Patriot Nation. I mean, I, I think maybe he realized the error of his ways in his first Instagram post. And but maybe it was certainly intentional. Who knows? It's strange. And then Belichick says, hey, Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And so it's like they're all trying. They're both trying to revise things and try to make it a little bit better. But, yeah, there's also an undercurrent there that we've all known about for many, many years. <laughs> and so it's very interesting little byplay there and ultimately the only thing that really matters is that Tom Brady is packing it in which very much surprised me Jim in the final analysis I thought that yeah he'll play it out in the media a little bit and he'll decide to come back the guy had such such a dominant season for for the Bucks, and and there's still so much talent on that team that it, it really surprised me that that he's packed it in and and I'm not saying, and we know that there have been other occasions when guys have come back. I don't know that he's going to do that. But to me, I kind of felt, Jim, that that maybe his wife had a big impact on this. And, and also, I think that hit he took, I, I want to say if it was in the, I think it was in the Philadelphia playoff game, when he took that smack under the chin and he's bleeding from the mouth and, and they didn't call the, the roughing on the play and, I think at that point, maybe maybe his wife got in his ear and said, why are you doing this? And do you really want to subject yourself to this kind of punishment at this stage of your life and your career when you've done it all? And how's it going to get any better than it did last year in Tampa Bay? And so I think that I think that hit in the Philadelphia playoff game had a lot to do with this decision. Really interesting. And as you said, he led the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns this year. Uh, it's remarkable to see somebody go out on basically on top, uh, statistically on top, a year removed from a Super Bowl championship. And I, I guess I, where I take him at his word is he basically intimated that he 
he has very high standards for discipline and for working year round so he can be at his best. And if he's not ready to do that anymore, maybe it really is time to retire. Yeah, that, that's that's a, a good point. And and for him to get a call in, in August from Bruce Arians and say, hey, I need you. And he hasn't trained in the offseason to the extent that he would have trained. And, and a guy like that's going to work out all year round anyway, even at, as a retired player. But it's different. The OTAs, the the training camp, the all the mini camps, all the reps that you're taking, and and so for him not to do that, and then try to come back at the eleventh hour, I don't necessarily see that happening with a guy who will be 45. But I just thought he 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 always said I want to play till I'm 45. I thought he was going to do it. So a little bit of a surprise. Next week, of course, we will preview the Super Bowl. Let's start that preview this week. The opening line, Rams by four and a half. It is remarkable, Jeff. Uh, it is remarkable that the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, who looked like a lost franchise, who even when they were pretty good under Marvin Lewis, they never won playoff games. It, it's remarkable to see Joe Burrow take that team in his second year to the Super Bowl. And, and you have to give credit to Zach Taylor in the front office and everything else, but man, Joe Burrow just might be that magical athlete. Yeah, I think he is a, the kind of guy that, that the team rallies around, his players love, and and the defense plays hard and is underrated. And I, I think that when you think back to opening game this season when the Vikings probably should have beaten the Bengals in Cincinnati and they lose that game in overtime on a controversial fumble by Dalvin Cook when he may well have been down, but even still shouldn't have coughed up the ball. And and so you, you think about this Bengals team and, and the talent that they've got at receiver and with, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins has a 100-yard game against Kansas City. Uh, Mixon, 88 rushing yards. Got a fantastic kicker in McPherson uh, with shades of Daniel Carlson. He had two big misses against Green Bay this year. They didn't cut him, <laughs> unlike Zimmer. Uh, they didn't cut. McPherson, what's he done? He's been perfect in the playoffs and 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 been just a fantastic kicker for them, which Daniel Carlson could have been for the Vikings if they'd had more patience. And but I think Joe Spur- Joe Burrow is special. He's just got a a poise to him. He's got a confidence to him that reminds you of a of, of the great ones, the Montanas and those kind of players and 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 Mahomes in that respect. And and so it just it was a very <clears throat> weird championship game that it looked like it was going to be a blowout when when Kansas City's up 21-3 and I don't know if they went on cruise control or what but just amazing and as I said that Bengal defense is underrated and that they could hold Mahomes to three points in the second half in overtime and then Mahomes makes the critical error by f- throwing in a double coverage for the interception and then the Bengals go right down the field with a lot of running plays at that point in time but but Burrow making a couple of big throws. So I love the matchup, Jim. I think it's an exciting Super Bowl when you've got a Cinderella team in Cincinnati, hasn't been there in 30 years, and then the Rams who are were all in this year and have had their ups and downs, and Matthew Stafford and, and his story getting out of Detroit and his wife with her cancer battle and just all the things that have happened to him. And, and he had an up-and-down season, started hot, got real lukewarm. <laughs> for a while mid-season and then got hot again in the playoffs, playing much better. 
and threw, threw for 337 and two touchdowns against a really good 49er defense. And so I, I think there are a lot of great storylines. And I think the most interesting one to me is, can the Bengals protect Joe Burrow against that Rams defensive front led by Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd? And wow, that's going to be a tough, tough duty for them. Joe Burrow is kind of ruining the landscape for a lot of NFL quarterbacks, too. He comes in second year with a bad team, takes them all the way to the Super Bowl. That's just not supposed to happen. I, I still remember him talking. I think it was Kimberly Martin on the field after beating the the uh, Chiefs on Sunday. And he she basically said, hey, you didn't think you were underdog, da, da, da. And, and Burrow said, well, yeah, we beat the second best team in the AFC twice in January. So I think, you know, I think we've proven ourselves. <laughs> he's, standing on, he's standing on the field in Kansas City calling the Chiefs the second best team in the AFC uh, after <laughs> having beaten the number one or number two. I mean, the, he is he is really cocky in a really cool, understated way. And I think that the NFL could, just could use about 18 more of this guy. Yeah, and, and, and good timing for a guy like him to emerge as, as a Brady exits yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm excited to watch him in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a fun game. And as I said, Jim, I think uh, a silver lining for Viking fans are these two Super Bowl teams. Vikings had a good shot to beat them both. And Cincinnati, we just we talked about earlier with the overtime fumble. And in that Ram game, when Justin Jefferson said, hey, we came out flat, which was incredible in the first place. And then you think about that game and several officiating calls that were blown and went against the Vikings, including cup fumbling on the sideline, including the block in the back on the punt return touchdown, and then some bad coverage on cup by the Vikings defensively when they had McKenzie Alexander chasing him one-on-one, your slot corner against the, the best receiver in the NFL, rather than in the second half, then they put Patrick Peterson on him, which should have been happening from the start of that game and doubling him with Harrison Smith. So, the Vikings had a chance to beat both of those teams. That tells me they're not that far away if Kevin O'Connell, if he's the guy, if he can come in and get this thing on track. Hey, we've seen it happen before. Matt LaFour's done it. Zach Taylor's done it. And perhaps it can happen here. We'll see. Well, the other thing is if, if Rodgers is out of the division, then the division's wide open and uh, O'Connell would have a chance at a fest. Although although we did hear Ryan Poles say that uh, the Bears are going to take the North and never give it back. And I'm sure that's exactly the kind of thing you used to say as general manager. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I was very controversial back in the day, definitely. And <laughs> so, yeah, Ryan, I think uh, I, I wouldn't quite, quite go that far until Justin Fields proves a, a lot more. So next week we will do our official Super Bowl pick, but just for fun, let's let's give our picks today and see if anything changes our mind in the next week. Because sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you read 18 articles and talk to four four people and it ends up changing your mind. As we sit here today, though, which is Thursday, you know, 10 days away from the Super Bowl, uh, do you like the Rams giving four and a half, or do you like the Bengals? I, I do like the Rams, and for the reason, the main reason I mentioned, which is having to block that defensive front and certainly the, the the Bengals did a better job against Kansas City than they did against Tennessee when they gave up nine sacks. But I really worry about them being able to handle, especially Aaron Donald, who had what, I think five pressures in the last game against San Francisco. He's just on a mission. And so is Von Miller. I, I just think they've got so much talent on that defense that, 
they'll be able to make make enough big plays and and slow down the the Bengals unless Mixon can be able to run the ball really effectively to to slow down that pass rush. But I, I still I still think it'll be a fairly close game. I, I right today I would like the Rams by seven. I'm right with you, and it'll be interesting to see if either of us changes our mind by next week. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Again, thanks to Brian Burnett, our producer. Thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and thank you to Platinum Bank. Thanks also to our sales executive, Karen Cleary. All right, final thought, Jeff. Well, I, I think my final thought would be the story of the week, of course, Tom Brady's retirement, and and just the the depth of the accomplishment that he had in his career. I, I think we should appreciate that. And I think we take for granted some of these players that that have been great players for so many years, but just seven Super Bowls and endless division titles in New England and and then going down to Tampa Bay in his first year winning the Super Bowl. Pretty amazing career. And so I he he wasn't always the most likable guy (laughs) and kind of had a little bit of arrogance to him and all that. But but I think ultimately you just have to tip your hat and say, hey, this guy had one fantastic career no question about it i never really liked him but uh the accomplishments just were stacked so high you could not deny them hey good stuff from jeff thank you for listening to talknorth.com again best way to listen subscribe to your favorite podcast app it is free it's easy we'll be back next week to preview the super bowl